We are learning Daf Samach Beis. We're starting right from the bottom of Samach Aleph Amud Beis. The two dots. I'll be the miyot in the Talmud. So we're talking about the chiyuv of Ona that a person have relations with their wife, and we're talking about what the expectations are. So a woman marries a, a, a man with a certain job, a certain type of lifestyles, and then there's an expected understanding that it might be less um, than a regular husband. And the Gemara was talking so on and so forth about what those expectations are. So one of the points was here that if it's with permission, if the wife has permission, so then the, the students can leave. Um, but even if they don't have permission, then they can go for up to 30 days. So the Gemara tries to clarify now, how long does permission grant? If there is permission, how long can you go? So the Gemara says, what kind of question is that? Come to bite. As long as he wants, it's permission, it's permission. Top of the Aleph, or the Milsa Kama. We don't know, like, what's the right thing to do? Meaning, what, what, sometimes you can, you know, twist somebody's arm to get them to, uh, to agree to you. I'll give you permission to do it. But what's the right thing? Like, what's a considerable amount of time that that's fine for one's studies to leave, but no, longer than that would be considered disrespectful. So, I'm a rab, chodesh kan, chodesh babais. One month in a month. One month in Yeshiva and a month back at home. Shinamar, chodvar, machlokas, baba, yotis, chodesh, 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 So, the Pasuk here is talking about how there were, two, there were 12 different groups of Jews who served David. We're talking about the King David here. So, so he, that means everyone had their own month. Uh, every one division that was serving him was was home for one month, and then was home for eleven, and they were but they were away for one. But the pasuk makes a point there of saying it's like extra the fact that they each left month by month, and is telling you that in general it's okay to be away for a month at a time. It's like a general idea that we learn from the pasuk. It's only a month in the yeshiva, then two months I have to be at home. So this pasuk is talking about with Shlomo HaMelech, and there were people who were who were working outside of Israel. They were gathering all the resources necessary to build the base of Mikdash. So they, 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 they were divided into three groups, and each group worked one month, and then they were home for two. So we're saying that that's the, uh, that's, that's, that's the, proper, the proper conduct. If you want to be away from a month, then you have to be home for two. So Machlok is here. Rav is saying a month and a month, and, and, and Rabbi Yochan is saying a month in the yeshiva and two months at home. Rav and Amitam Lamarihi, why didn't Rav learn from here from the second Pasuk, which indicates that it should be two months at home for every month you're away? The building of the base of Mishra is different because we've done by other people. In other words, really, it's, really it could be just a, month, uh, just a month at home can compensate for a month away. But in that case, they didn't have to do more than one month and three because there were other people who could take his place. But here, you know, no one can learn for you. So... Um, Nobody's going to be able to learn from you. So then you got even just one month at home can compensate for one month away. Why didn't Rabbi Yochanan learn from the first Pasuk, which is mashma, that it's okay to stay home for one month, uh, for a month of your way. So it's There it's different because you're making a lot of money. When you work for the king, it's different than working for somebody else. When you work for the king, you're getting paid royally. That's the idea. You have a... You have, you have a royal boss, he, he should probably treat you really well and get good, good wages for you. So that's, so that's a, a understood that there you could be home for just a month in order to be away for a month for a job for the king. But for things that aren't working for the king, then they're different. And perhaps you have to be, have two months at home in order to be away for a month. All right. So now we get to a real tangent here. Just as we're talking about Machlux, Rav, and Rabbi Yochanan, and Sokim, if it's okay without permission, with permission, but what's normal is, is to be home for a month and away for a month, or home for two months and then away for a month. So now we get into another machlokas and psukim. We have a concept. And when a person is depressed, when a person is anguish, literally when a person sighs, it breaks half a person's body. So the 
The Pasuk is saying, the breaking of the loins, in the middle of the body. So it breaks the whole lower half of the body. That's what it means. Like a shattering of the loins means that until that part of the body, a person is broken when, he, when, he, when he's uh, sighing. Rabbi Yochanan looks at the Pasuk and says, it's mashma, it breaks in a person's entire body. Can I say to you, ask you, what are you sighing about? And you will say, so in this Pasuk, it's talking about when Yerushalayim was destroyed. So here it's, uh, you know, everyone is totally, totally gone, totally destroyed here. It's talking about the, all the hearts are melting, the hands are weakened, everything, the whole spirit gets, everything, everything goes from the, from the depression of the side. So Mar says, What does Rabbi Yochanan do with the first Pasuk? It's mashma only half the body. He says, doesn't mean that it, that it only breaks until the loins. It just means that it it, it, it it begins from the loins, but it ends up breaking the whole body. The pasuk ends up sending that it sounding like it's breaking the whole body. That pasuk is different. It's not an ordinary sigh. That pasuk is talking about the destruction of the base of which is really, really tough. So usually a sigh only breaks half the body. But if, if, if you have the, the, the news of the destruction of the base of then it will do, take away the whole body. Says the Gemara story. A Jew and a guy were once going on the road together. And the guy was not able to keep up with the Jew. The Jew was walking quicker than him. He was trying to slow the Jew down. He was upset that he was going to ahead of him. So the guy reminds him about the Horvath. Why? Because it'll, it'll slow him down. It'll get him to sigh. So, so the Jew groaned and he sighed. But the guy was still not able to keep up with him. I mean, the Jew was going so much faster than him that even once the Jew sighed, he was still too fast. So I'm late. So the guy said to the Jew, Isn't there an idea in Judaism that a sigh breaks half a person's body? So how come you're not so slowed by this? That's only true for something new, something surprising. The but this which is which we're already so you know used to this the fact that which is destroyed, so then we don't react in such a way. The Amri entry is what like people say the Malfi you know when you're when you've learned to be in mourning, so then you don't get shocked easily. You know once you're accustomed to it, you're accustomed to it. Says the Yom. We said the Tayalin, which we're going to define now. So the expectation for them is to be intimate with their wives every single day. So the Gemara says my Tayalin. Marava b'nei perki means people um, who are learning. They're students, but it means that they're they're home every day. So if they're so if they're learning Torah, but they have the ability to go home every single day, so then they're always home every night. So they, there's nothing to keep them busy. So they may as well be intimate with their wives every day. So I'm like, bye. What are you talking about? Torah scholars have great 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 expectations on them. My dechsibu. The people it says about them. So we're talking about this idea that they are Yedido Shena. So what is Yedido Shena? It's a reference to the wives of Torah scholars. They're menaneid. They, 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 they push away. They run after the sleep from their lives in this world. And then they go to Olam Meaning to say, the point is that the, the wife of the Torah scholar, her husband is not home at night. He, or even if he's home, he's busy. He's busy studying Torah. So, so the wives are pushing away sleep, you know, because their, their husbands are not with them. But Amrit, B'nai Perkei, and you're telling me that the Tayalim are people who are learning, but well, it sounds like they have all the time in the world to be intimate with their wives every night. So basically what we're saying is, even if a Tamil Chacham is studying locally, 
Surely he's so engrossed in his studies that it occupies and consumes his nights. So therefore, it doesn't make sense to say that he's the one specifically expected to have relations with his wife every day. No, Tayal doesn't mean like the Rav, it actually means like and he would sleep his own sort of mansion and the kings, the, the tax guys never passed by him. So basically the point is, is that he had a really easy, good life. That's the point. Now what's interesting is that he was certainly a Tamachacham, right? He certainly was a Tamachacham, so it's hard to understand, right? Well, if we just said that the students, you know, are studying so much, well, okay, now we give given one specific Tamachacham, we have this easy life, there wasn't so much going on, not so much commotion, but wasn't he still learning late at night? It's hard to understand the Gemara. But Akopanim, that's what Tayelan ends up meaning. Tayelan ends up meaning someone who has a relatively, the comfort, the ease of their life, the very, very light schedule. Says the Gemara, Yes, Rabbin Omar, come to my The people are very mephonic in Eretz Yisrael. They're very, very particular with their health, um, and therefore they have a lot of strength. That's the point. It's not so much how much they're around, but how much strength they have. So if people are very good in, in, in their health, so then they should, um, they should be having relations more. Says the Gemara, was once by the bathhouse. He had two servants who were supporting him, meaning like he, he was trying to conserve his strength. So he had two servants who would hold him up. But then the floor gave way, like the floor opened up. It happens to be there was a pillar that was close as they fell. Not much falling, but there was a pillar that he grabbed onto. He grabbed it, he climbed it, and he brought them up. So it was a very like, ironic point. They were supporting him. But when they fell, he, with his great strength, Rabbi Vol's great strength, he was able to bring them up. So very, very interesting, interesting story. He was able, he was able to do it. Similar thing. Rabbi Yochanan Rabbi was once walking the staircase. Rabbi were supporting him. If say there was a stair which went out under them and they fall. Rabbi Yochanan was able to climb up and held them. So Rabbi If that's the case, that you're so strong, then why are they supporting you? Right. In other words, once you fall and you're able to catch yourself and you're bringing them up, Rabbi So why, why to begin with are Rabbi supporting you? So I'm Rabbi Yochanan said, "Im kain ma aniach leizikna." If I go without support, what's going to be when I get old? Meaning they have to support me now because the rest of my strength is going to diminish. So this is always a very interesting idea. The way the body works. This is true. This is not true. You know, in other words, conservation of energy. They used to say that. I remember always hearing that about Winston Churchill. They said, "Winston, you know what's the what's the secret to your greatness? How do, how do you have it?" So he says, "You know, I always conserve my energy. If I could sit, I never stand. If I get a ride, I never walk." You know, that idea a little bit here in the Gemara. So even if you have a great you have great strength, but the point is, why waste it now? Okay, so the Tayolin, we end up with two pshatim. Either people with extremely light, easy schedules, so they're just around a lot, or it means the people with extra strength, different variables. Then we continue, uphold them, so a person with a job, um, so he, he's intimate with the wife twice a week. So the Gemara of all time says, the price of once a week. The mission was just talking about someone who has a job in their own hometown. So going hometown is twice a week. If he's, if he's out of town most of the weeks, then it's, you know, then it's a, at least for just once a week. Someone who's a poel is intimate with his wife twice a week. When the bride speaks out what we said, when is this true? Twice a week. It's only if they work in their hometown. If their job is in another town, then it's just once a week. And again, this is the combination of being around and strength together. That was like the right shear that was reached. 
that uh, if you have a job in town twice a week, if you're out of town only once a week. But then we speak about people who are away for longer periods of time. So the mission said, a regular donkey driver once a week. But um, we were talking about the camel drivers who are longer and a sailor. So that's even more, right? It can, it can, be, it can be even a longer point. So now we had a machlokas before in the Mishnah, just to understand what's going to happen now. We had a machlokas before in the Mishnah, if a husband made a vow at his wife that they're not going to have relations. So we were saying that according to Basil, any a vow that's, that's for less than a week, that's not a big deal. But if it's more, more than a week, then that's a grounds for divorce, right? Because more than a week is considered inappropriate. So if you think about it, after you're learning all the different people with the different jobs, you really only should apply to a tayal and a laborer who actually have to have, um, who are supposed to be intimate with their wives more frequently, more, more frequently than once a week. Because all the other people, right? Like we're talking about the donkey driver, a camel driver, the sailor, they are all, they're all going at least a week or more. So in other words, what's this case of someone making a, a vow against his wife and saying, oh, we're going to be different. I mean, we're not gonna, I'm not going to have relations with you as much as I probably regularly would. It's only going to be once a week. So if you think about it, then, then that such a thing is only referring to someone like a tayal or a laborer who commonly has bia more. So would the Tana bother telling us a whole halacha basil about the vow that's answering relations only for the tayal and the laborer? In other words, the Mishnah should have said it. It should have qualified it. When the Mishnah said someone who makes the vow, it's was talking about anybody. What the Gemara is bothered by is that there are many scenarios of people that anyways aren't having bia more than once, more than one time in a week. Of the donkey driver, the, 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 the camel driver, and the sailor. So Amalei said, Lo, Akulu, really it's going on everybody. So I says, How could it be going on anybody? A sailor that's so away for such long stretches of time. You say his obligation is only once in six months. So how could it be? How does that make sense? On the one hand, you tell me a sailor is only expected to have relations once in six months when he's actually home. On the other hand, you tell me that if someone takes a vow that they're not going to have relations for a week, then that's grounds for divorce. Those two facts are clearly a contradiction. In other words, Bishlam, if you t- say that the mission is only talking about the Tayal, the Tayal and the laborer who is supposed to have more than once, a w- more, usually once a week. Okay, so that's, you know, someone taking the vow, they're only going to have once a week. We're trying to figure out what's exactly the grounds for divorce. But if, how could it include the sailor where the expectation is only once in six months? So what's a week? So the more answers with big yisoid. You can't compare someone with bread in his basket and someone who doesn't have bread in his basket. Meaning there's two types of fasting. There's fasting when you know what you have what to eat and there's fasting when you don't, when you don't have what to eat. When you don't have what to eat, that fast is much, diff, much more difficult than someone who has the food. So so too over here. If the person has the paspasalo, that the, if you could be married to a sailor and practically it might only emerge that you have relations once in six months. But you could do it theoretically whenever it would work out. So there's, only, there's nothing stopping you. So then the wife can tolerate that. But if there's a vow that's imposed upon her that we can't have relations for whatever the time is, more than a week, that's grounds for divorce because she lost her paspasala. She lost the bread in her basket. So now they can't live like that. Really interesting idea. So therefore, the idea of Basilos, of someone who made a vow against his wife not to have relations, that that's grounds for divorce. We're coming out that's talking about even someone who has the job that keeps them away for much more than a week doesn't make a difference. Still, as soon as the nether is made, it removes her paspasalo, and therefore, uh, it's grounds for divorce. Says the Gemara Shiloh, Let's say somebody married a donkey driver, and now he wants to switch his job to become a camel driver. What's the halacha? If he's going to be a camel driver, he's going, to, he's going to change how often he's around to have relations. So does it require consent from his wife? You know, that she married him, he was a donkey driver who does it once a week. He now wants to change, and it's going to be only once a month. 
So the Shaila is, shit, but he's going to earn more money, which is the important thing with the camel driver. The camel driver can charge more than the donkey driver. So it doesn't require the wife's consent. And what we're trying to do is understand what would a wife prefer, basically. Her husband being around more or her making more money. So Amalei says, A woman wants a kav, only one kav, but intimacy from her husband, more than 10 kavs, but that he's not around. Big, big interesting mindset for the women. And therefore, it does, in fact, require uh, the consent. You can't change his job or keep him away more unless she gives permission for such a thing. Continues the Gemara. What do we say? We're passing like Rebbe Lazar. And, and, and it's two things. Not only going on this point that the sailor is once in six months, but it's going back to what we said before, that if a Tamil can study away for 30 days, even without his wife's permission, for up to 30 days, that's okay. So both of that is true. So two points now. Now we're going to move on to the Tamil point. Besides for the sailor, the point is how long is it normal for the Tamil to go away to study? 30 days. That's only Rabbi Lazar. That's only 30 days. That a Talmud... Students who are leaving to study Torah, they can be away for how long? Two or three years, even without permission. So that's a much longer period, and it's normal for that to be. What do the students rely on today? They rely on this idea from but they do it, it's against their own, it risks their own lives. Meaning to say, even though maybe that's the technical halacha, but that, that to be lenient, like the Rabbana, but it, there's, a, there's, there's a cost to this, right? They're putting a lot of anguish on their wife. And that uh, they always, there's, a, there's, a, there's a price to pay for such a thing. The Mark gives us an example. He used to go always to Rava, to Rava Shirim and Machoza. He used to come home only once a year on Erev Yom Kippur. So one, one day it was Erev Yom Kippur, and he was so busy learning that uh, he forgot to go home. So I have a Messiah to who his wife's looking, and she was saying, he must be he's coming now, now he's coming. But I didn't come. She felt really, really sad. So there was a tear that came out of her eye of Yasub Igra. At that moment he was up in the top. He was like some sort of, some sort of rooftop attic place. If the whole attic floor gave gave way, and he ended up dying. So this is the idea that we're saying that even if technically the halacha is that you can go more than 30 days, but if there's a, a specific English which is caused to the wives, and then there's going to be a price. Says the Gemara Shailah, What is the owner of a tamachacham? I Meaning people who constantly are learning Torah, what is regular for them to have relations? So we discussed, you know, something to leave them for a month. But now I guess the Gemara is just saying in general, what's the proper practice for a tamachacham? Amar vidom er Shabbos, er Shabbos. Friday night. Rashi explains that Friday night is a, is a specific time which is auspicious for relations. Asher and we look at a pasuk that the it's like you know a person's like a tree that gives fruit in its proper time. So what does that mean? Someone who has to be a Torah scholar, pasuk is talking about someone who learns a lot at the proper time for making his fruit for for for, for making children uh, for procreation is Friday night. Yehuda was the son of Rabbiya, and he was the son-in-law of Rabbiyah He would go learn in the yeshiva the whole week. Every Friday, right before Shabbos, right before um, so he would come home. When he would come, there would be a pillar of fire 
which could be seen in front of him. It was the greatness of his person. He was like, in front of him was a pillar of fire. Yom HaKadam HaShkosh Ma'at said it was one Friday where he was so busy with his studies he didn't come home. Kibon to Lechaza Husimana. So, so, so when the sign wasn't seen, right, there was no simon. So Rabbi Yana, Rabbi Yana said to the people of his house, remember, it's, it's, uh, he, he's a son-in-law, this for Yehuda, he's a son-in-law, Rabbi Yana. So Rabbi Yana said to the people of his house, Kifumi Talso, turn over his bed. What does a mourner do? You turn over the bed during the shiva. So he said, go turn over the bed. If Yehuda were still alive, he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have um, been mavata, he wouldn't have nullified coming home to have relations. So what happened? Lamaisa wasn't true. It was just that he was learning. But the Gemara explains, It's like the Pasuk says in Kohelas, where sometimes a decree is made, and even if it's a mistake, but once it's made by the king, once the decree is made, then it's made. And exactly that's what happened. And Yehuda ended up dying. So this is the story, emphasizing that I guess a person should be pretty careful to stick to that, uh, to that schedule. Says the Gemara, Rebbe, Rebbe, he was talking about a prospective shidduch for his son. So he, they, uh, a match was arranged between his son and Reb daughter. That was the idea of the shidduch. Reb daughter to Rebbe's son. When it came time to write the ksuba, so only the girl died. So that's obviously a bad sign, right? I'm a Rebbe. Must be, maybe there's something wrong with one of our families. Meaning that's why Hashem was making sure that the shidduch wouldn't happen. So they sat down and they wanted to investigate what is the yichus of Rebbe's family and Rebbe's family. Rebbe came from Shvatia, the son of Avital. This was a wife of David HaMelech. Shvatia is a, kid, is a son. So basically, he comes from the royal family of David HaMelech, Rebbe. Rebbe only came from the brother of David. He didn't come from the royal family. So basically, the point was, Rebbe's royalty. Rebbe's royalty, Rebbe's family is not. So it's very interesting. The Yichos, and this is where, like, one of the main sources, people always talk about this, how important is good lineage and important Yichos in, in the Shidduch. Here you see in the Gemara, it's a pretty interesting source. That HaKadosh Baruch Hu made Rebbe's daughter pass away so that the, Shid- the Shidduch wouldn't happen to Rebbe's son because it wasn't, like, fitting enough for Rebbe's son who came from such a Yichostika family of David HaMelech to marry, um, to marry Rebbe's daughter. Very, very interesting stuff. Says the Gemara, so then they said, let's arrange a match with the house for someone from the house of Rabbi Yossi ben Zimra. So evidently, he was he was a uh, he was more milchas. So pasuk leitati shreishin in the mezel rab. What was the the term that they agreed to? Chassid should go for twelve years ever in the yeshiva. But just to understand what it is, they would do it before the nesuin, meaning to say that he was going to do the Kedushin, give her the ring, and then go off and study in the Yeshiva for 12 years. But when, that, when they put the bride in front of the groom for the Kedushin, and he said let, he liked her. So he said, well, maybe it's only going to be six years. Let's cut the time in half. I'll go away. Instead of being for 12 years, let it only be for six. They brought, they brought him in front of him. They brought her in front of him a second time, a second date. And then he had another idea. Let me first make a chuppah. Let's do Nesuin. Let me get fully married. And only then will I go off. But he was embarrassed of his father. He was embarrassed of Rebbe, right? In other words, he made him look like, you know, he just was dying to get married as opposed to learning Torah. So his father said, Just the opposite. You should be comforted. The Abish does just like you. We're talking about bringing Klal Yisrael to Eretz Yisrael. It says that we'll bring them to Eretz Yisrael. They'll be on the mountain. 
And uh, then we're going to have the Beis HaMikdash. The Beis HaMikdash is the idea that they're first going to go to Eretz Yisrael, and only then will they live with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. That's the idea. But in Binyan Beis HaMikdash is like Nesuin, right? The Mishkan, or the Beis HaMikdash, is like living together with Hashem. So the idea is, let's get to Eretz Yisrael first, and only then will there be Nesuin. So let's delay the Nesuin, delay having the Beis HaMikdash living with Hashem, until we're already in Israel. So what happened? While they were still in the desert, before they made it to Eretz Yisrael, right? They're, 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 they're preempting it, and they're making a, they're making a temporary one there. So basically what we're saying is that, is that Nisuin should be first. So that's what Rebbe's son was doing, even though originally the plan was to learn for 12 years before Nisuin, but he loved them so much, he did Nisuin first. So this Gemara is very interesting. It's mashma kind of like, we look at like the parallel, like Harsinai, I guess, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu betrothes us, but then the actual living together, the Nisuin would only be with Beis HaMikdash. This would kind of be the concepts. Um, you know, HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, right? this idea that we're, there's definitely... We're in a relationship of marriage, but the Nesuin comes, I guess, from the base of Mikdash. And, and the question is, well, what, what's the switch? The Bible said, it's only going to marry Israel, but then suddenly it's Mishkan. So the Gemara make, like, paints it as if, like, you know, the affection was so great that we couldn't wait longer. Says Gemara, after he married, so then he went 12 years in the Shiva. At the time he came, by the time he came back, his wife was, was unable to have a child. In other words, he was away for so long, there's an idea that if they, after 10 years of not having relations, a woman can go sterile. So I'm right, Rabbi said, hey, Chav, what should we do? Nigarsha, if he divorced her, Yomer, what are people going to say? This poor girl, right, she waited for nothing. It's not fair. Nisivit said, if he takes another wife, Yomer, people are going to say, that he has one wife and one mistress. So meaning to say, like, it's, 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 gonna, it's no good. So there's no options here. What are we supposed to do? So with there are no options, by the Rabbi Davint, and then she was healed. Such an interesting thing. I remember Shemshim Pingas brings out from the Gemara that sometimes it, it, it's not sure Rebbe went of Davin and let, if there was another like why didn't Rebbe Davin without this? You know, he had there's only because there was no solution. But the Pshat is that if there's no other solution, then the Davining is a real Davin. The Pshat is as long as a person feels that there's other options and that it's you know this isn't the only thing that that's going to save it. So then the, the Kavonis and this and that and the Davining are not as impactful. But when you feel that there's no other option, that's when it makes a big difference. Once I have Rav Chananya, the son of Rav Chachina, he was going to the yeshiva. It was for the end of Rav Shimon by Yochai. What's this? His wedding. So basically, they were leaving for the yeshiva right by the end of the wedding. So Amalei Rav Shimon Yochai said, Why don't you wait for me? Wait for me until the end of Shem Rochas, and then I'll go with you in the travels to yeshiva. Like for Leil. Rav Chananya did not wait for Rashmi. Azil Yosef He went in twelve years in the Shiva. Ad Azil, the time he came back, all the town streets were switched up. New things had been built, new infrastructure. He didn't know his way around. He didn't even know how to get home. He didn't know where his wife was. Azil Yosef He was sitting by the riverbank. People call out to a girl. The daughter He realized, whoa. And they said to her, Mali fill up your jug with the water, and then we'll go. So he realizes, hey, that must be his son, his daughter. Also, he says, "Mami, not hide the done. This girl comes from us. Um, it must be that uh, th- this daughter of Chachinai um, was being called, perhaps after uh, Reb Hanania's father, and she had been raised without the father. Right? In other words, his name, this person who was away, was Reb Hanania ben Chachinai. But his own daughter, what are they calling her? The daughter of Chachinai." Not the daughter of Hananya. Maybe, maybe that's the idea. She was raised by her grandfather, but Hananya was not there. 
Anyways, so he realizes this must be his relative. Also, Basra, he follows her home. And his wife was sitting, and she was making working with the flower. She picks up her eyes and sees him. She, she like faints. Her spirit leaves her. And it sounds like she dies from the shock of seeing her husband. This is the word of her waiting all these years. What happens by Rachma Allah? He davens that mercy, and she comes back to life. The question is, what is the importance of the part of the story that he didn't wait for Right, The point of the story here, the salient point, is that he was away for a long time, and came back, his wife was in such shock, she dies when she sees him, and then she's revived, right? What, is there any connection between the point of that point of the story and the idea that he didn't wait for Rishimah So perhaps the idea is that when a person has motivation, you know, you, you can't be so practical in terms of the, uh, in terms of, in terms of how to wait and wait it out. You know, if he would have waited for his friend, it wouldn't have happened. Like that kind of idea. It's like remember, it's like the famous shmuz in Valajin, where there was the boy, it was uh, Shal time, so the, the shmuz was before the benching. So it was a boy who was so inspired by the shmuz that he ran up and he got to the base and he started learning, but he didn't bench. So they said, you know, oh, the boy didn't bench. So this is no, 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 no. If he would have benched, he would never, he would never, it went to, it went to grown. You know, so. Says the Gemara, Abchamer Bar Bar Bisa Azor Chanami Bisa went away from his house. He also chased any of his Rasha. He learned for twelve years in the Shiva. He also when he came back, Amar Liyavik Yadim Mechachinai. I'm not going to live Mechachinai. Meaning, I got to be more careful. I can't just jump into my house and scare everybody. So I Yasim Mechachinai. He went out and he went out. He went and he learned, sat in the basement. Shalach Levei. So he sent a message to his house that he was back. Also, Raboshi Bereid comes with his son, whose name was Raboshi. He didn't recognize his own son. His own son came and sat in front of him. Rav Oshia would ask him, it's a guy in the base measures, so he asked him a question. Rav Oshia is asking him, asking him his question. He doesn't realize, he doesn't, but again, he doesn't realize that it's his son who's asking the question. Chama saw that Rav Oshia was really good, right? He was really good in learning, really sharp mind. He felt really bad about his, himself. He said, if I would have been around, I could have had a son who'd be like that sharp. So meaning to say, I wasn't around for my son. And he felt bad about that because he, he didn't realize he was talking to his son. But this kid was so sharp. And he's like, I wish my son would be so sharp. But if I would have been around, maybe he would be. So all the base, Rebbe eventually went to his house. All the The son came home as well, Rebbe So come, come, Rebbe got up. Who suffered the Mishal Because he thought that Rebbe wanted to ask him a question. So in other words, he wasn't relaxing in his house because this Rebbe person who was his son, but Rebbe didn't realize it was his son, it was there. So he thought... Rabbi Chama thought that he must be coming to ask him another question. So Amalek Tavis, his wife said, What is their father? He stands up in front of his son. And that's how Rabbi Chama learned that Rabbi was his son. Carly, Rabbi Chama, Rabbi Chama said, this passage is said about him. A cord that is tied three times, it's Meshulash, is not going to be, come undone easily. What does that mean? This refers to Rabbi Oshia, the son of Rabbi Chama, Bar Bisa, who is the son of Bisa. So what's the point? All three of them were big Tamil Chachamim. So you have these three generations here, right? You have the Rabbi Oshia, son of Rabbi Chama, who was the son of Rabbi Bisa. So if you have the three generations who are ultimately Chachamim and they debate and they're involved in Torah learning, that's the famous Kula Chotam Shulosh Lo B'Meheira, Lo B'Meheira Yinatek. All right, let's just finish up here. It's a very famous Gemara here about Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva, he was the shepherd. Rabbi Akiva was a shepherd for a very rich man named Ben Kabbalah's daughter saw that he was a person of good character. She saw in Rabbi Akiva modesty and that he was good. 
she said, she said, let's say I agree to become your bride and I allow you to be Makadish me. Will you go ahead and learn? So in. That was the desire that, she, 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 that he should go learn and he agreed. They did privately, secretly, because they knew the father would never want such a shidduch with such a simple peasant, such a shepherd. And she sent him away to go learn. So, but she was already married. So they did Kedushin, she sent him away. Shamavu, the father heard about it. He threw her out of the house. He was very upset about it. He made a vow Asering her to have any benefit from his possessions. He was so upset about it. And then what happens here? At some point, it's interesting. The big question is, when did the Nisuin happen? Did he come back and do Nisuin and then go away again? Or, it's unclear. But at Akhopanim, at some point, Rekiva was learning for 12 years in a row in the Yeshiva. There were 12,000 students that came back with him. Shamalu Saba. He heard as he was coming to his house, he heard a certain old man telling his wife, How long are you going to lead a life of living like a widow? And Amalek, she answered, If you listen to me, he would sit in the yeshiva another 12 years. So meaning Rabbi Akiva hears that from his own wife, that if it were up to her, that uh, you know, he would be in the yeshiva another 12 years. So Amalek is saying, hearing this, what does Rabbi Akiva say? I'm doing with my wife's permission. If I go back for another 12 years, so Hadar Azal, he went back to Yeshiva, he went back another 12 years in the Yeshiva. He asked him, he returned, I said, I day, Ezra Baba Tava said, he brought 24,000 students. Shama Divisu, his wife heard, she goes out to him. The neighbors say, you should borrow some clothing to dress yourself, meaning she was very poor. So borrow, you borrow some better clothing. Amalushi said, A righteous person knows his animal soul. So meaning to say, that Rabbi Kiva knows her part about how poor she's going to be. She knows he knows about his animal, and therefore she's not. Going, he's not going to judge me. She reaches him. She falls on her face. She was kissing his feet. The attendants, the shamashim, the gabai, were pushing her away. Rabbi Kiva said, leave her alone. Everything that we have, all the Torah that we have, is all credit to her." Her father, who was so rich, who made the neder, they shouldn't benefit. He hears that a great man came down. Amar, he said, let me go to him. Maybe he could annul my vow, meaning he regretted the vow that asked his daughter to have the benefit. He wanted to be annulled. He wanted to be annulled. So also, like, came to Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva said, Would you make it with the intent, if you know your son-in-law would become a great man, would you have made the nether? He said, No. Even if we just know one mission or one Allah, I wouldn't have made it. I only made it because I thought that this guy was going to remain totally ignorant. So Rabbi Akiva said, I know who. I am the person. Who also falls on his face, kisses him. He gave Rabbi Akiva half his possessions. So meaning to say, the nether actually was... Um, was 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 an oath. Very interesting. Taisa has a kasha. Halacha is that you can't annul a vow based upon some unforeseeable circumstance that changes. No lot. If something very much like changes out of the blue, you can't say, oh, you wouldn't have done it if you would have known that. It has to be something which is like regular to happen. Something which is like anomalous that happens that if you would have known what's going to happen, you wouldn't have done it, that you can't, you can't make a Pesach with that. To make a Pesach has to be something which is somewhat normal to happen. So Taisa has kasha here. That it's not normal. Presumably, this is not. This is a fluke, right? Rabbi Akiva comes back and he's a great man. Presumably, this is a no lad. So, if it's a no lad, then how how could you do it? So, I always heard this from Rabbi Ariely. Love quoting the Taisus. Every beginning of this morning, quoted the Taisus. Taisus here. Some makim of nalf. The top Taisus. Yachach alo chashiv noilad. Kivin shalach lebe rav. The derechu b'holich lo mochin as alun galom. It's not a noilad. It's a normal, regular thing that if a person goes to yeshiva to study, then they become a great person.
Fascinating thing. So therefore, it wasn't noilad. It's normal. It's expected. It's a, it, there's something natural about that. But if a person commits themselves to their studies, then they will become great. Continues the Gemara. The daughter of Rabbi Akiva, she did the same thing. She married Ben Azar. did the same thing. She let him go to Yeshiva for a long time. This is what people say. Whatever the mother does, that's what the daughter does. One more story here. Rav Yosef was sent by his father to study in the Yeshiva in front of Rav Yosef. They agreed, let's give him six years after the marriage to study. When three years passed, he comes home early. Right after you let me see my family only after three years. So his father heard chuckle, he takes uh, some sort of weapon and he goes out to intimidate him. What are you doing? You're coming home. You owe you a business. You're supposed to be learning for six years. What are you doing in three years? I'm a lay. He said to his son, So no one's gonna what you were you were reminded that you have a harlot back here. So it's obviously a very strong, sharp statement. You're reminded that you have a dove back here. A dove is considered very loyal and faithful. So Two different expressions. So Itzra, they, they disagreed. Lomar Ivsuk, Lomar Ivsuk. Nobody ate the Sudamasakas. They were arguing so much about whether or not it made sense for him to come back home that they were too engrossed in their argument that they didn't eat the Sudamasakas before Yom Kippur. That's the end of the story.